Smoking and Drinking in Space is a proud member of the Ear Glue Media Network. Your move. That's a bold move. A little bowling edge. I've given some thought to moving off the edge. Not an ideal location. I get a place in the middle. Toast! Toast! Quiet! Shut up! I'm, uh, I got words. I'm saying this is an auspicious day. We all know what day it is. Suspicious. What day is it? A glorious day for all the proud members of the Allied Planets. Unification Day! The end of the scumbag independence. The dawn of a new galaxy. Yeah! Captain? Just feel the need for another drink. What month is it? And welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. This week, we discuss the space western that wants all the ears. It's Firefly Season 1, Episodes 2 and 3, The Train Job and Bushwhacked. I'm Jason. Uh, uh, I'm Rob. And I want all the ears, too. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> How are you guys? Uh, it's been a week, man. Yeah, and what so a tired. week it's been! Yeah. Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> right. Smoked a lot of cigars. Did you? Were they good? I did. Uh, the, all of them were delicious. I couldn't tell you in what order or 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 even exactly per se what, what I what smoked. Kind? Yeah, but oh, they're so good. <laughs> all right, who's got news this week? Ooh, I've got some news. What do you got? So uh, Shazam came out uh, last week. Okay. It, it was cool. Was it? Yep. Did you watch it? Uh, no, because we're actually in the past, dude. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> We've done this before. Did yeah. we just time travel? <laughs> we did. For everybody playing no. the home game, yeah, we're recording a double session this weekend. So this will this will not come out until uh, April 17th, but we're well ahead of April 17th. So, in fact, Shazam has not come out yet. James has but, not smoked a bunch of cigars. And um, we're just kind of predicting the future. The, uh, the LPIC uh, did a <laughs> terrible job. <laughs> Or we don't know what kind of job he did. Right. I think the LPIC did a he did a great job. I'm sure that he is going yeah. to do a fantastic job moderating that panel. War not he's like the MC for the whole thing. Warwick Davis is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Willow, yeah. Willow. Yeah, well, whatever. Every time I think of Warwick Davis, for whatever reason, I think of Miss Cleo. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't. How are they related? They're not. That's just it. That's the problem. This is the way my brain works. Was who was Dion Warwick? That's the woman who did it. So Dionne every Warwick time I hear was, the okay, yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. She was the one who would, she, she like, uh, uh, I don't know, interviewed Miss Cleo or like, I don't know. Well, she so was time, on those commercials for Psychic Friends and Miss yes. Cleo was the psychic. So, right. There you go. So every time I hear Warwick Davis, I immediately think LPIC and nice. I think, and I, and I think Miss Cleo. <laughs> that is such a strange train of thought. Dude. Like, that is. The, the recesses of my mind. Are not a place for youngsters or the weak. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, every time uh, I hear Simon's name, I um, think of the chipmunks. That doesn't make me feel better, not okay. in the least. I don't even... It does. I keep going, no. Alvin, Simon, Theodore. Why wouldn't you think of, do, of, do, of Simon and Garfunkel? Do, do, do. I don't know because I'm only 13. Well, you've hit puberty pretty young for a 13-year-old. That's a pretty yes, deep I voice. Have. Thank you. <laughs> God. Oh my God. Do you have any I'll actual your news Huckabee. or? Uh, okay. So, so I will say in anticipation of Shazam coming out, um, the reviews are pretty positive. Uh, they've got a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes right now. So I didn't now, think uh, Rotten Tomatoes was allowing pre-reviews anymore. Uh, they are from actual critics. Oh, okay. Um, so are you two going to watch this movie? Uh, I am. Eventually. I'm kind of, I'm a Chuck <laughs> fan. I'm a I'm a oh, Zachary Levi. So yeah. I'm I, as soon as I heard. In fact, I think I I think I mentioned it to Jason as soon as I found out that dude Zachary Levi is doing that. And his exact words were, "Oh my God, not really." Oh, actually, we were walking around your block, Jason, when I mentioned that. Right. Right. Yeah, we we were we were walking like twenty miles an hour. It seemed like God damn, you walk fast. <laughs> Were you guys holding hands too? <laughs> yeah. We just well, taking a, like a midnight it, stroll. It we like to call it, stroll. We yeah. like to yeah. call it hands, but uh, in actuality, <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. All right. Uh, well, no, no. It was actually. Visual. Yeah, yeah you was, opened uh, that door, so I did. Enjoy the view. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see it. I, I think it'll be interesting, um, especially if they take the same sort of tone that they did with. Uh, Aquaman, as far as like not being too terribly serious. So which can it I doesn't... fix that for you? Okay, let's hear it. So if they don't screw it up, yeah. Okay, I just made it a lot simpler for you to say. <laughs> okay. That's all you had to say. Is it, so if they don't screw it up, now how many DC movies have they not screwed up? Uh, two. Uh, okay, out of two? how many? Out of a lot. Okay. Uh, well, I, I'm just saying the odds are stacked against Chuck. Now, I really hope that this works because I like Zachary Levi and I'm really excited for this movie. Uh, Captain Marvel, for those of you of a certain age, you'll know that that's what his name was until just recently. Uh, so I mm -hmm. was a big Captain Marvel fan back in the day. Uh, I thought it was such a great idea. This little kid gets, you know, magical powers bestowed upon him and he becomes as strong as, if not stronger, uh, than Superman. And uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to this movie. I'm not sure I'll see it in the theater, though. I mean, this might be another kind of Aquaman slash uh, solo film where I buy it on DVD and then just wait until I'm so bored. I've got nothing else to do. And then I'll watch it and let it destroy my childhood. Although, how can you really destroy a superhero whose ability is talking to fish? He's already pretty much destroyed, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at with this. I might see it in the theater, but I said I might see Aquaman in the theater, and I still have yet to see that movie. So, 
right? Dude, I have it on DVD. I, and again, I yeah, this this that's. I'd one rather those- have an ear. <laughs> With the ears. Oh. Okay, don't do that while I'm drinking soda. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that almost went all over my laptop. Holy hell. All right, what other news you got? Uh, that's all I had. I, I thought it'd be kind of entertaining to um, time travel for a little while. Yeah, Celebration was last week. It Was it? I don't know. I, I'm yeah. so confused on this time travel thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All what right, James, bad you got any news? No, I don't. Slacker. Celebration was last week. <laughs> and he had a bunch of cigars. With you, you were there, apparently. Yeah, you apparently. were there. I, I was. I don't know. How it was a good time. It was a good time all around. Well, the news that I have, you guys know that uh, there's a live-action Robotech movie coming out, right? There's a live-action Robotech coming out? There is a live-action. Real Steel 2? No, this real is not Steel Real Steel 2. 2, although that would be an awesome movie. I would go watch Bumble Real Steel 2. 2. You'd go see that before you went and saw Shazam, wouldn't you? I would. I would, That's actually. so sad. No, Rock, so sad. Rock em, sock em, robots. Oh, man. That, that movie was so awesome. It was good. It was Rocky meets I, Rock wait, em, sock Let me em. fix that for you. It was terrible. It was God, not. You were fixing everything, yeah, aren't you? You don't. You're, you're not a good fixer. <laughs> <laughs> Just want an ear. <laughs> so there's a Somebody new. Somebody get this man an ear. There's a new. Live action Robotech movie coming out, and it's got some it's got some credibility behind it. So, uh, the director you may know from such films as It and It Chapter Two, Stephen King. The director from It and It Chapter Two. Do you want us to edit that out when you said Stephen King, or do you just want everyone to know that you're you more really paying attention, dude? I. <laughs> I was, I was actually trying to be being, nice, and Jason's just like, you're a moron. Sometimes so you got to tee him up for him. I, I realized <laughs> it wasn't Lava and softballs, are you? It's yes. Mark Muschietti, if I pronounce Muschietti? Muschietti? No, it's Mush, Machete. Muschietti. Oh, Muschietti. Okay, machete. I thought maybe you were quabbling again. That's a Robert Rodriguez movie. Oh, my God. You too. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be a long night going to be a long episode you're absolutely right but yes, yes he is he is going to uh he's going to be directing and uh jason fuchs is going to be writing and you may know him from such films as wonder woman so this this has some creative I thought that was direct i thought that was with a girl jason look, jason wrote... can be a girl's name look don't start putting labels on no. people man you don't My do bad. that this My is bad. 2019 you can't it, wait how far did we time travel is it still 2019? It's, it's still, still 2019. It's still 2019. Okay. Yeah, you can't do that. You're still good. Yeah. Yeah. Just you can't barely. do that. Next year, maybe. We might go Next back. Year. We're not sure. But you know. So it's it's got some credibility behind it. It looks pretty good. But in the meantime, they're releasing um, all of the original series for streaming on Netflix, Amazon, and Crackle. Uh, there's a bunch of merch coming out, like T-shirts, uh, polos, hoodies, uh, hockey jerseys. They're re- releasing a, a new RPG for this. Um, they've got random. the retro arcade game from Coleco. Um, you guys are, well, probably not Rob, but James, do you remember the muscle figures? Oh, absolutely. Those were the best. Yeah, they're re-releasing muscle figures for this. So, I mean, nice. they, they've got a media and merchandise bonanza going on to promote this this new movie. So How it's going to fail. Hockey jerseys fit, uh, fit into all this. 
Well, it, people, because they know the movie's going to fail. People, so they have to recoup their finances. <laughs> their losses. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. People like wearing hockey jerseys. Is this, is this like uh, really big in Canada? Look, I wear hockey. What's wrong with hockey jerseys? You don't have to be in Canada to wear a hockey jersey. I, there's no maple syrup where I'm at. So, and I still wear hockey jerseys. What's They're wrong with a, a hockey jersey? Now I want to look. I was going to make a Jason Fuchs joke, and now I'm not. I want to know what's wrong with the hockey jersey. Well, I mean, other than it's like it, an it ice soccer random. jersey, but ice soccer. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to figure out why I can't wear a, a hockey jersey now. It's 2019. I, mean, I was told. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. If but Kevin I was told. Smith can, if Kevin Smith can wear a hockey Kevin jersey, Smith, you can wear a hockey too. jersey. He lost a ton of weight. Oh that man, dude. yeah. I, he has to, he he has to wear soccer. I need to go now. on a heart attack diet. He's got to be like literally half the person he was before his heart attack. I think that's part of a song, isn't it? Half the man I used to be. <laughs> I think you're Which, right. Wait, I think so you're right. so they're doing a um, Clerks in, in a Clerks. They've Clerks been? four. Clerks three. Four? Clerks eight. I, I I'm again I'm confused on how far we've time traveled, so I'm not sure if the sequel to the sequel to the sequel. Clerks. Out. Oh, Clerks two. There was only one Clerks, wasn't there? No, no there, there was two, two Clerks. No, there was two Clerks. Like we didn't go oh. back in time. Well, they're doing something like that. Uh, maybe. Oh, no, no, they're doing. Jay, a, they're rebooting Jay and Silent Bob. That's yeah. what it is. Okay. Yeah. So, so was this all done before he lost all his weight? No, he had a heart attack, what, a year ago? Right. Yeah, it was about right. a year ago. Right. Yeah, and he like his doctor was like, you have to stop, you know, right. smoking pot and eating like an idiot. Yeah, so I don't think he stopped eating like an idiot. Pot, but. I just said he only stopped <clears throat> eating like an idiot. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, so, he went so out of time. Bob is going to be kind of skinny then in the in the remake, or the reboot. Well, well yeah. Yeah, that'd be kind of interesting. Well, they're rebooting Suicide Squad too. Uh-huh, yeah, they are. With and didn't Gunn. that just come out? It did. Yes. yes. And the, the, it's not even really a reboot, is it? It it's, is. It, uh, it needed I a mean, reboot. Like, yeah. Well, because they, the, they, they got the hot chick uh, playing uh, Harley Quinn again. Margot Robbie. Did oh, they? she's so hot. Yeah, she Wait, is. It, can she get, can she get like the, uh, the, the smoking award? Like in no, perpetuity? No, because you Why? like like honorary. So if we can't, we yes. can't find a, a player oh, award, then oh, she gets the honorary. You. Is that what you're no, saying? No, he wants, he wants smoking award. Oh, no, 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 no. There's already a, there's already a black lung award, honorary black Who, lung. What? That's Who's that? Doc Cottle from Doc Cottle. New Battle, yeah. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. I think you guys it's, just make up words. No, Doc Cottle. He's uh You don't know who Doc Cottle is? Can we, can we call him Doc Quabble? Quabble. <laughs> I hate both of you. Literally, I just I, so much rage and anger and angst for both of you right now. So uh, the guy who played, angst. I know. I'm so let's, sorry. The guy who played Boomerang in the first Suicide Squad is apparently back too to play Boomerang in the reboot of really? the Suicide Squad. Will he live longer than he did? In the I first don't one? know. It depends on the time travel thing. I think we've yeah. really screwed up the the space time continuum with this thing. Uh, I'm just saying. Rob had to go and time travel and and start saying shit. So we'll blame we'll blame this on Rob. <laughs> That's Perfect. fine. I'm okay with that. Sure, you don't have any quabbles with it. I don't. <laughs> I Fuck don't. both of you. <laughs> As always, uh, all of these news articles will be up on the website. And uh, you guys ready for a pod crawl? I don't have links to news articles yet. I'll get them to you in, in next week. Oh, sh- We're time week traveling. After? Week after? Whatever. 
Yeah. And that's so the show, everybody. Thanks for joining us this week. <laughs> We're done reviewing Firefly forever. Uh, here's the pod crawl. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. On the train job, a barroom belly dancer interrupts a game of Chinese checkers to hand Mal a note. Do you like gerbs? <laughs> yes or no? At the bar, Meatball McSpeaksbad gives a toast where he mispronounces auspicious while celebrating the Alliance victory over the Browncoats. Mal decides what this bar needs as a new food item on the menu and introduces his favorite app, the Knuckle Sandwich. After being literally tossed out of the bar, Mal, Zoe and Jane head to meet Adelaide Niska, an organized crime boss who wants them to knock over a train and steal some specific cargo. He impresses upon them that failure will result in an extended inversion therapy session. Since the Serenity crew doesn't have back pain, they decide to do their best to complete the job. Aboard a hyper train that runs faster than the signals on the telephone lines next to it, Mal and Zoe make their way to the cargo car passing by a squad of federal soldiers along the way. The plan, which is to drop Jane from the ship into the car with a cable to bring the cargo back up to the ship, goes off almost perfectly, but one curious guard mucks up the plan and gets a face full of smoke for his efforts. Not able to head back to the ship with the cargo, Mal and Zoe deboard the train in Paradiso and are questioned by the local marshal along with the rest of the passengers. The cover story is they are newlyweds and their uncle bought them passage to Paradiso to find work in the mines. The marshal explains the goods that were stolen off the train was medicine which treats the citizens of Paradiso for a degenerative bone disease brought about by the mines and that their uncle must not like them much. Anara comes to the rescue, outing Mal and Zoe and claiming Mal is her man toy with three years still left on his warranty. She takes possession and they all head back to the Serenity where Mal decides to take the medicine back to the settlement. However, Adelaide's men show up and decide they want the medicine and a firefight ensues. The main henchman puts the lie to the saying bringing a knife to a gunfight as he does much better with his knife than the others do with their guns. The henchmen are taken down and Mal and Zoe take the medicine back to the settlement explaining they didn't know it was medicine and the marshal lets them go free. Mal tries to explain to henchman 1 he just wants to return the money and avoid trouble with Adelaide, but henchman 1 swears revenge and gets kicked into the engine intake for his efforts. Henchman 2 is much more cooperative and Mal sends the money back, Simon worries about his sister losing her mind and roll mysterious men in blue latex gloves credits. On Bushwhacked, a game of Calvin Ball has erupted in the cargo bay. The fun is interrupted by a warning signal and Wash heads to the bridge to check it out. What he finds is a spacewalk gone bad and a ghost ship adrift. Mal and Zoe head over to check it out and find a suddenly abandoned ship with its lifeboat launched. The ship was a retrofit acting as a colony ship and housed 16 families on board. With the ship showing no signs of life, Mal orders it scavenged and Kaylee along with Jane head over to start grabbing things. Mal and Zoe head down to the cargo hold where they find a wealth of colonization supplies and the ship's complement engaged in an extended inversion therapy session. At this same moment, Jane, who is the worst scavenger ever, is attacked by the only survivor of what is now known as a reaver attack. Mal and the gang secure the survivor in the med bay and sedate him. The sirens go off again and fearing a reaver attack everyone heads to the bridge where the sea and alliance crews are bearing down. Captain Melrose Place demands the ship stand down and prepare to be boarded. The alliance, looking for any contraband and stowaways that might be siblings, toss the ship and leave no plate unturned, because you never know when a doctor or federal government experiment might be hiding under a dinner plate. While the ship is searched, the crew is questioned ad nauseum about ship's systems, war stories and Zoe's legs and ass. 
Wash is really into legs and ass. Like, really into them. The Alliance medics take the survivor, who by this time has bifurcated his tongue because it makes the flesh taste twice as good, back to their own med bay where the survivor proceeds to carve them all up and then start his face-piercing fetish. Captain Melrose Place accuses Mal of murdering the colony ship and places him under arrest when he gets word that he's going to need to hire a new medical crew. Mal offers to help track down the lone survivor and they all head back to the Serenity. At the same time, Simon and River have completed their leisurely lounge on the outside hull of the Serenity and head inside. River, sensing creepy split tongue vibes in the galley, holds Simon back and they hear Mal and Captain Melrose coming in from the other side of the ship. They hide and Mal provides cover when the lone survivor attacks the Alliance guards and Captain Melrose. Mal fights off the survivor and puts him down, Captain Melrose place lets the Serenity go and roll blowing up the ghost ship with dragon fire credits. Alright, okay. so, hey, <clears throat> we've got episodes two and three. Uh, which are... Or is this one and two? Shut Not up. this again. Which are, you know, really different episodes whenever you watch them back to back. Um, one is kind of a a bottle episode that really doesn't advance the overall plot of the of of the series. Um, but it's a it's a fun episode. It, it really shows kind of the the dynamic and how the the crew that have been together for uh, many years now it seems uh, work together and um, you know some of the some of the different personalities and, and and how they view the world. So I gotta disagree though that it's a bottle episode. Um, just and that it doesn't advance the series because what I think it does do is it it does show that Mal has morals or, you know, he, you know, it's medicine for kids or medicine for sick people. I'm not going to steal it. So in that, in, in that sense, it does move the plot forward. I believe in that you get some more character backstory. Um, well, yeah, or, I mean, you, you get some character development <laughs> and some, some, yeah, insight into, yeah, some what of makes Mal's morality. Tick. Yeah, sure, but it doesn't it doesn't advance the plot of what the hell happened to River and um, mm. well, it, well, it okay. does at the end. Very, it very does. end. You see yeah. a couple guys with blue latex gloves on. That's it, right? Well, that's that's but all. Sometimes we, that's all River that. knows. That's all River knows. That's isn't like again. We're talking about a, a television series, and like I said in in the previous episode. Like you kind of have to, you're world building, Is right? One or two. I don't. Well, oh but so, and <laughs> I'm not knocking the series for this. This was how, uh, this was how networks and uh, executives that greenlit shows thought the audience would take episode or would take shows like this. They didn't think well, the audience had an appetite for a long serial series. But you take serial series like The Expanse now that are continuously moving the plot. Every episode is about moving the overarching plot of the series forward. No, I I don't disagree, and I think I, I think that's the exception to the rule. Well, it, I really do, and it and was back then, but it's not now. I mean, most I, series now. I don't know, man. But a lot, but they've cut the series down. So it used to be. That you would have a series that would go for a season, what, 21, 22 episodes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now you've got a series 
you know, a season that they're cutting them down to 10 or 12. Right. So they can now move them forward with every episode like they do with The Expanse, where in 2002, when this episode aired, I mean, it, that's not how they did filler. it. Yeah, you, you had to have, have filler. And so you could you could take your time and build the world. And so they took this episode, I think, to show the camaraderie and, and kind of how the crew interacts on, like, the missions that they go on. Because you're not going to see every mission, right? I mean, again, look, so I grew up in a time where this is this was commonplace. So you kind of had to go and fill in the blanks a little bit yourself and connect the dots and whatnot. So you're not going to see every mission they go on. You're not going to see some of the successes. You're not going to see some of the failures. But you want to see the ones that show you how they interact with one another. And I think this this episode does that. So in that regard, I think it kind of moves, moves it forward a little bit for the viewer. Well, and I don't disagree. And like I said, this does show the team dynamic of the crew of the ship. This does give you a lot of character development for the characters on the ship, but the overarching story, it doesn't move very much. So this would be a bottle episode. So I think, and I think part of that is I I read it somewhere, um, you know, so the Serenity was supposed to be the pilot and they said, nope, that sucks. Um, We don't want that. We want something else. And they, literally gave him like four days to rewrite a a episode that would be the pilot um, or they weren't going to pick it up. Right. So I, I think, I think you see some of that in this particular one. It was, okay, we need to, you know, Josh is like, okay, we gotta, we, we gotta give, give them what they want. Um, so I'm not going to make it go anywhere, you know? Um Per right, se. and I think because this isn't the, my story, <laughs> right? And I think some of the dialogue that that's in this episode is, I mean, refers directly back to to the pilot episode. So it's it's rehashing what they. I mean, I mean, it's not rehashing for the viewer that was watching it in two thousand and two, but for us, it's rehashing a lot of stuff that we just watched in episode uh, one. Well, yeah, because in two thousand two, this is the first episode that you would see. And I'm right. not sure that this, again, they fucked it up because I'm not sure this was the right episode that they should have made as the pilot episode. Even after rewriting the episode to be the pilot episode, I mean, you're you're stuck right in the middle. I mean, this is even more jarring of a juxtaposition than the actual pilot episode where you've got this full crew and all of these members and they barely even have time to touch upon you know, the the three main characters that take part in this heist, much less all the rest of the characters. So as a pilot episode, this sucks. Oh, I don't disagree, which is why this didn't get picked up for a season two, which, again, is a, a, a travesty because this show is just so good it overall. Is. Yeah. And, and I'm not disagreeing with either of you, but it, it's, Yeah. It's it it is not a good pilot episode. It does not move an overarching, you know, plot forward. Especially at the end, if you didn't have the the pilot episode to reference back to, you would see that very end part with the two guys saying, We're looking for this person wearing blue gloves, and you're like, What the hell? How does this yeah, why, tie in? Right. Like, why are they looking for this girl? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's because you don't it's know totally that she random. got stolen. Yeah. Or yeah, you 
Yeah, and you don't know that that you don't know the backstory that Simon gave. You don't get that. You, you all you get is yeah, we're looking for this girl. Have you seen her? Like that? Really? That's all we're getting. Yeah, yeah you don't even you don't even know she's badass or anything like that. As far as um, you know that she knows. Well, that I don't she's think a, you got she, that. Well, you, you still don't. Well, no, know I mean as far she, as like. I mean, like as far as a bad, I'm talking like a genius and everything, because you know he explains yeah. that. Yeah, you know, that's fair. That's fair. She, you know that she makes us look like simpleton. Yeah, you know, I mean, Simon said, you know, I'm really smart. I've done a lot yeah. of really, really difficult things really early in life because I'm super intelligent, and she makes me look like a dullard. Yeah, that's a good word, dullard. Dullard. You like that? Almost as good as quality. I do. As, as yeah. Thank you. Appreciate you uh, rubbing salt in that room wound, Rob. That's, in, the room? <laughs> in the room? In the room. Oh, it's 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 like it's like self torture. Why do I do this? I don't, I don't I'm not know. Sure. I don't know. And you were like, "Hey guys, you want to come back?" Hey, <laughs> episode one was so great. You guys want to do the two and three? <laughs> Sure. Only so, if we get to make fun of you some more. I love the look of this show. I really do. I love the juxtaposition between the sci-fi elements and the Western elements because I am a sucker for Westerns and I am a sucker for sci-fi. And so whenever you mix my peanut butter and chocolate together, it's just, it's phenomenal. I really so, love this show. I could just, I could just turn off the sound and watch this show. Yeah. If Anara's on, absolutely. Yes. Even without Anara, I mean, just... I love the old west elements with the the high tech elements next okay. to each other and the and the, the, the blend but, of the two. The but Nathan thing. Fillion and 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 Mal as a character is certainly not a throwback to westerns or or western Absolutely heroes. Absolutely he is. Yeah. He is no, he, he is he not. Is, he is an if anything he is neutral. He's not good and he's not bad. He's neutral. He is a practical guy. All he wants is to do a job and get paid. He is absolutely That's all he wants. the he is the character in westerns that fought on, fought for the south and lost and went west to, you know, find jobs, find work, strike his fortune, start oh. over. He okay. is absolutely He is not that he is character. not the white hat. He is not the white hat. Cowboy. No, well, he's no. not, but he doesn't okay. have he's the to. Bra- be. He's, a, that's he's a the brown coat. To me, that's a classic cowboy hero. That is a classic Western hero, is the white hat cowboy who fights who because that's how old I am, who fights the 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 bad guy in the in the black cowboy hat. That's just Hi-oh, how it is. Silver. Yeah. So he's not he's, he's, he is more the character like uh let's take the Magnificent Seven as uh, a good classic Western. Which one? That that the combines. original or Quentin Tarantino? Quentin Tarantino did not do No, not Quentin Tarantino. Who did the we're going to go with the original, but the 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 new remake, <laughs> the new remake oh, is a lot like the original, and it, and it was done really well with with Wesley Snipes, or not Wesley yes. Snipes, uh, um, Denzel, Denzel Washington. No. Yeah, Holy Denzel. cow! Do the two of you know what you're talking about? Apparently not. 
I okay. lick glue. I've never claimed that I know what I I talk about, so I don't know where you're you're coming from saying that. I thought you this know. was a, a you knew sci-fi. Well, I suppose Look, Magnificent Seven's not sci-fi. All right, yes, and no. this is from a I'm couple sorry, did, of guys you, that think yeah, they know sci-fi. The, did you miss the catchphrase there? They think they know think. sci-fi. Say so, think. Yeah. Hot what? Where am I? I don't know. <laughs> Two thousand. You're having a stroke. And <laughs> twenty. That's completely possible. So but he's not, my, my whole point is he's not John Wayne. He's no, not the John he Wayne would type be, hero. He would be Antoine the gambler Fuqua. character. He would be um, <laughs> the Mel Gibson in, in The Gambler. No, or no, no, in, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. In The Magnificent oh. Seven, um, Robert um, Robert Vaughn's character in The Magnificent Seven, he would be the gambler. So if I told you that I've never seen The Magnificent Seven, then you need to go watch both the old and the new Magnificent <laughs> Seven because they're excellent Dang. fucking movies. I've never seen any of them either. Okay, so... <laughs> I don't know what to tell either one of you, but you're film illiterate. Um, <laughs> first, wait, you need to go I'm watch... for it to come in on DVD. I mean, if you tell me that you've never seen The Seven Samurai... Seven Samurai. That's the oh wait a minute. That's the one with uh, Tom Cruise, isn't it? Oh, what was the samurai movie with sake. Keanu Reeves? Oh my god. There's hey, one the with samurai Keanu movie Reeves. With Tom Cruise. Yeah, there was. I I haven't seen. Yeah. It. Which one is that? Oh, Ronan. Ronan. No, Ronan was. Ronan was. No, Ronan was. Uh, 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 that was a that was a movie with uh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. No, he played. No. Yes, he played a yeah. CIA agent. Yes, I know yeah. that one, but there's. Uh, Oh my goodness! Here we go. Research Cam on the fly. Why don't you uh, throw that Samurai. up Samurai. It's called Ronin. For, oh, 47 47 Ronin. Oh, there's there that 47 go. in there. That, oh, that pesky number. Face. It was close <laughs> enough. I had half of it. I have a Can quabble I ask you a with question? that. A quabble. <laughs> a quabble. Is this episode, The Train Job, so terrible that we've got to sit here and talk about <laughs> Horrible uh, samurai. I was trying to make a damn point, and you two keep throwing shit. Channeling our inner red and going at tangents. (laughs) I don't. uh, So yeah, watch the Seven Samurai. Excellent movie in black and white in Japanese, but they have it subtitled. Wait a minute, I thought you talked. You were talking about Magnificent Seven. Which one am I supposed to watch? And which one refers directly to this episode? The Neither. Magnificent Seven. None of them. So the original Magnificent Seven, Robin Robert Vaughn's character, the gambler, would probably be the 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 closest analog to Nathan Fillion's character, Mal. He's got. Can you give me a movie that everybody's watched that he would instead of the Magnificent Seven? Um, so he would play a John Wayne character, um, Rooster Cogburn. Okay, uh, that's probably fair. Also played by Jeff Bridges in a remake. Okay, don't confuse me. Okay, you had me. Now you're trying to lose me. I'm trying to hold on to to, to Rooster Wasn't Cogburn. That True Grit. True Grit. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I. All right. I, I guess I'm okay with that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what else you want me to tell you. I just don't see him. At, I, he doesn't even look like that much of a cowboy. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, there's the whole Western thing. I, I, I just don't the see Mal as a cowboy. The do it for you? No. No? It doesn't. He's not. No. Like, so, it, it, like, just to refer back to the pilot episode, even this episode, like, the miners, that's a very Western thing, right? 
especially, you know, when you, you talk about going out West to earn your fortune, that's a very, that's a very Western motif. I don't see, I don't see Mal fitting into that at all. Nathan Fillion or the character Mal. Like I don't, it just doesn't work for me in my head canon, I guess. Well, just goes to show that uh, uh, having a Southern draw and wearing a duster does not make you a cowboy in your head. Wait, did Nathan Fillion have a Southern draw? They all not, kind of have a, a kind of sorta. Southern draw at times. I mean, their their accents are a little inconsistent. Except for Jane's, well, his is always hickey. I know, but it's so good because Jane is amazing. See, Jane... I, I get as a, cause he plays a specific type of cowboy. He is the black hat cowboy. Hey, no, he's, no, no. He's he the big dumb mush- henchman cowboy, but he's not really dumb. So he, he wears a uh, crocheted, uh, knitted, uh, <laughs> he cap. Does. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the bomber hat. He did wear a bomber hat in the train job, right? And, yeah, he uh, did. Yeah. He is so my favorite character. So, so what I liked uh, in 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 relation to the mixing of the sci-fi and the western, I really enjoyed the holographic bar window and you know getting thrown through it. Oh yeah, you know at first you th- <laughs> you you see that window and you're like, oh here it comes, and then it just kind of shimmers out and it's like, oh dude, that was that oh was yeah, clever. it saves on glass costs. Yeah, that is clever. It that's, did that's save on glass good, costs. Pretty good thinking. It you know, added to did, the special effects cost. <laughs> yes, it did. I did like also, um, you know, they open up and they're playing Chinese checkers and it kind of gives you a subtle nod to the Asian American or yeah, Asian American influence that the show was going for. Yeah, but I mean, you is know, are, are Chinese checkers actually Asian? Well, it just says Chinese, okay? Wait. Are you are you saying Chinese checkers is racist? Uh, it might be. I don't know. I don't know the uh, uh, origin of Chinese checkers. Well, this sounds like we need, we need some we need some uh, fly action here. Go. It's all you. Okay. So uh, yeah. So while Chinese checkers that, would be a little racist since they kind of put that in, I guess, to maybe show a Chinese influence because well, it's a strategy board game of German origin. But it's called Chinese checkers. But why would they call it Chinese checkers? Exactly. I think that came uh, later. Because German checkers is just weird. Doesn't sound right. They uh, wanted the alliteration. It was invented yeah. in Germany in 1892 under the name Sturm Halma. Yeah, see, I can't pronounce that. I can pronounce Chinese. As a variation of the older American game Halma, <laughs> the Stern, German for star, refers to the board's star shape. The name Chinese Checkers originated in the U.S. as a marketing scheme by Bill and Jack Pressman in 1928. The Pressman Company's game was originally called Hop Ching Checkers. This oh, that's is, racist. This that's is I'm glad, super glad racist. This is uh, from Wikipedia, holder of all knowledge. Oh, man. Wow. Hot Ching? Hot I don't think Ching we call, Checkers. Hop you're Ching. You're going to have to bleep that. Hop, you're going to have to. Hop. We can't. No. Hop that's racist. Ching. Yeah. And I'm it's sorry. even more racist that Joss used that. I'm just going to go ahead and apologize to all <laughs> Asians that uh, <laughs> listen to this podcast. Um, and especially all our Chinese guys out there. How do you know they're just guys? Again, oh, 2019. Yeah, Stop so. labeling shit. Chinese wait, people. Wait a, <laughs> I think he was referring more towards the the, the, the gender uh, 
gender that's, thing that you pointed yeah, out. That's, 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 why I, that's why I said people. I said Chinese You're, people. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. You're, you said guys. You I did after uh, first, yes. Uh, okay. yeah. I correct myself. We can edit in the post. It's right. fine. So now that we have we no should. more listeners, let's move on. <laughs> then why? We, have, we have effectively uh, just uh, uh, alienated yeah, everyone. We've disenfranchised everyone. So uh, uh, wasn't that your goal? <laughs> Lose everyone. everyone. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, I, I liked the way this 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 show looks it's it's I, again it it mixes two of my favorite genres into one uh and it does it in a really really good way um they don't look i mean your your western motif doesn't look like a sore thumb uh when when it's mixed in with the with the sci-fi elements so i think i think joss and whoever his uh stage and set designer and art direction art director I think they've done an excellent job. And and they they in this one specifically in the train job, they they help sell that by saying, you know, hey, us outer planets, you know, they would terraform and then we were left to our own devices type of deal. So it kind of helps sell that whole we're just getting by with what we can get by. Right. Well, and I um, think that's a very western motif as well. This whole yeah. episode, I mean, you talk about like this is a bottle episode and whatnot, but I mean, for a pilot episode, this sets the tone. Right. It, it does set the cowboys tone in well. space. You're right. That it's this space is space cowboys. Yeah. Space cowboys. Not to be confused with space cowboys with uh, uh, Clint Eastwood or cowboys Clint from Eastwood. hell. Yeah. Right. Or or yeah. I'm trying to think. So space cowboys, cowboys from hell. Um, are there cowboys any other? and aliens. Cowboys and aliens. Cowboys that's and a, aliens that's a terrible was a good one. one. That um, was good. That was terrible. That was good. Hey, we reviewed we reviewed that. You should go check that out. That's episode twenty. Good job. <laughs> you want to try that one again? <laughs> what episode no, was that, Rob? Now you're you were on that episode, that right? Around. It was now you're was alienating episode- the listeners that stuck around. Because that you don't remember the episode that, that you talked about, Cowboys and Aliens. It's it's Cowboys and Aliens. Uh-huh, it was yeah. episode uh, was that episode what? What was that? You I were was, on that episode. It, I know I was. That was like one of the first ones I did. No, that wasn't the first one. First one I did, God help me, was The Arrival. It was. You're right. Uh, What's wrong with The Arrival? Uh, wrong Arrival. Yeah. You're thinking We're Arrival. Talking, We're talking The Arrival. Yeah. Charlie Sheen in all yeah, of his Yeah. What's wrong with Charlie Sheen? Yeah. Oh, and the, the legs that went. Yeah. I remember that movie. What's wrong with it? It's awful. Um, episode 28, you can find out what's wrong with it. Episode 29 <laughs> is Cowboy. Oh, Island. Rob looked it somebody, up. <laughs> yeah, somebody did some research on the fly. Somebody distracted us long enough so he could look hey, it up. Yep. <laughs> hey, I do can what I, I can, man. Can I ask, a, a, I don't want to, can we bring it back to, to Serenity here and please. Firefly for just a second? Did they get a kickback? Did Just get a kickback from like chiropractors? I think so. I think <laughs> oh, so. There's a lot yeah. of hanging people here. Mm. Either yeah. that or she's channeling his inner Batman. Yeah, two episodes wait, in a row with, with people hanging from their legs. Yeah. Did Batman hang from the ceiling? He did in uh, the uh, first Batman movie with... Um, For um, an extended period of time? Well, no, but, you know, that's, okay. because, that's because he had to go get it on well, with Angela Bassett. Not, no, not Angela with Bassett. Angela Bassett? Whoa. What? No. What oh, Batman movie name? are you Kim watching? Basing their, Kim Basinger. Oh wow. How do you, how do you, I, I can't I even know. with you right now. How do you 
confuse no. those two. It's 2030, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs> All right. Yeah, anyway, so let's yeah, move on. So Bushwhacked yeah. was pretty much the absolute opposite episode. You didn't get any kind of, of planet side uh planet side shots. There wasn't, I mean, other than, you know, the few Western motifs that you get on the actual Serenity, like the wooden table and chairs that they sit at in the galley, uh, the stenciling that they have, the the flower stenciling that they have in the galley uh, kind of gives it that that kind of home cabin-y uh, feel. But other than that and their clothing, you really don't get a, a lot of Western motif out of this episode. It, it's, it's almost strictly sci-fi. Yep. But I think that works. It does. So if you have that first, the pilot episode, I mean, I can't believe I have to refer to it as that. If you have the pilot episode really nail the Western motif, then the second episode really needs to nail the sci-fi motif. And I think and it also, and it also brought in uh, the interior of an Alliance ship to, to give you that difference. And this no. is yeah to show the dichotomy between the two, yes. uh, like we talked about Look, in the pilot episode, the real pilot. You take uh, you take your fancy words and you go away. Okay, dichotomy is way too too high for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank I'll try you. to dumb it down a touch. And th- appreciate and th- it. This is one Thanks. aspect where I think they really kind of screwed up, and that's the costuming for the Alliance uh, officers and crew. I think those. Those uniforms that they use for the Alliance, especially the hats, look just ridiculous. But wasn't, I I don't want to be punny here, but I'm sure that was by design. You think? I mean, I don't think they did that by design because if they did that by by design, they're, they're trying to, they're trying to make the Alliance a joke. And I don't think the Alliance but they is a are. joke. And I don't they think are. they intend for the Alliance to be a joke. No. Okay. No, so if we go I back, if in, we go back to the big government theme, like big government is, is bad. Big government is big. It's bulky. It's, it's always lurching forward. It's always trying to do something, but it's always inept at what it does. Spoiler alert for the movie and the end of this series. Uh, then, then yeah, like they're supposed to, like, they're going well, to look like this. It's going yeah. to look corny and out of place by design because it's the government. And they can't do anything right. And this is more or less from, from Mal and his crew's point of view in that they're the little guy getting stepped on these idiots that can't get anything right. Um, and that, and this episode really kind of puts a real fine point on that is these idiots can't get anything right. Yeah, and, and has I don't, to save the captain. I don't necessarily mind them showing some some ineptitude from a a new captain, a new alliance captain. Yeah, he's he's brand new on the alliance ship. Uh, he's really cocky know? because they said that in the episode. He said, <laughs> "I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that this is your first tour out here in the outer planets." Well, that does. That's what Mal thinks. And we've seen that Mal is a pretty good read of people from two episodes. Well, did he correct him? Did he say that's true? So if he was if he was a grizzled veteran, I'm fairly confident he would have been like, "Yeah, no, dude, you're way off." Yeah, which again would go against the government being inept thing. 
so I I think that you know they did they did send a, a rookie captain out you know and he's he's intercepted them and I can see that he's he's made some judgment calls because of uh, his his vanity and uh, his ego um, and and he's having to bail out be bailed out by Mal I'm I'm fine with all of that I'm fine with you know them showing the the government is inept in that in that way. I'm not fine with them uh, showing, you know, those awful, awful uniforms. I think they're, <laughs> I think they make a caricature of an organization that they're trying to take seriously. I, yeah, I, I suppose I could see that. And so, okay, so I, I don't want to get too spoilery here, but this captain for the Alliance doesn't know that Reavers are real. What? Right. Motherfucker. Yeah, he's a moron. <laughs> well, it's not is it that he's a moron or is it again the 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 so you can't say that the government's inept and the government is dumb and at the same time go the government is capable of this level of conspiracy, this level of secrecy, but they're all idiots. Uh, you can't do that cuz that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. You're either a really good at all of it. Not, no, not necessarily not. because you can, you can have a tight circle of people that are actually in charge, in power and in control. So a shadow government. Right. You can have a shadow government that, that well, and that's is insinuated with blue hand dudes. Yeah. You can have a shadow government that, um, is the center of the conspiracy and are, are pulling all the puppet strings and still have it, an inept government around them. Okay. So is it the inept government? Uh, can you have an inept government and a very well run bureaucracy? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, with a bureaucracy that, that never mind. I don't want to get spoilery, but that is, you know, keeping Reavers out of, captain's hands like not giving them all the information they need to know as they go out to these outer planets right so i guess i'm okay with that i just thanks for walking me through that sure um but so i i do like what they did with the alliance capital ships they don't look like your typical large cruisers um in other sci-fi like shows cities. yeah they look like floating cities and that yeah. works because um in space, all you're doing is you're you're moving mass, so you don't have to have these these streamlined designs that are uh, th that look like they should be you know swimming through water or or cutting through atmosphere. Um, you're just you can have pretty much any design up to limits. I mean, there are some ship concepts that I've seen in sci-fi series that have these radial arms that look like they you know extend out, uh, you know, for a mile or more. Um, and that if the ship had any kind of, of thrust or acceleration would, would snap those off just because they extend so far and aren't supported. But physics aside, this, this looked good. I liked the, I liked the green motif that they put on the ship. I thought that was kind of ominous and, and, uh, threatening, um, not to be a contrarian. Okay. Because God forbid. Yeah. I'm I can't, I can't yeah, believe be you are going to contradict anything. 
It's so right. unlike But you. if I'm, <laughs> I'm still out of character. If I am going to build a ship in space, I want it to look friggin' cool. <laughs> so you're going to go design over form. Absolutely. Well, design over. Like, why would I want a big frickin' floating city up design there? Design over function. Well, so, so the, the, uh, the little attack crafts that they had flying around the, the building did look kind of cool. They look pretty sleek. Well, sure, but I suppose like, from a military aspect, you want those to look menacing. Well, right. and not only that, but you may want those to be a, a dual purpose. You may want those to be atmospheric fighters as well as space fighters. Oh, That's dude. a good point, too. You bring but, in knowledge logic. into this thing. Stupid logic. Yeah, I, I'd still I'd still rather have a uh, uh, an Imperial cruiser than a floating city. Tip of the spear, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I can understand that. I mean, there are some really cool sci-fi ship designs. I just like that they didn't go that route. And this is this is something new and refreshing that we really probably haven't seen since Alien. Um, Alien had one of the first kind of that that barge that they had. Uh, was one of the first kind of non-traditional spaceships that you saw that was uh, basically function way over form. Yeah, but function is boring. It, function can be boring. You're right. Function doesn't sell movie tickets. That's true. And I, and that I guess I mean, <laughs> if you if you're making Joss change the pilot episode from what, in my opinion, was a great pilot episode, the very first, very 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 first episode, episode was one good. or two. Shut up. Zero. <laughs> episode zero. I thought episode zero was fantastic. I thought it was, I thought it was a great pilot. I thought it fleshed out characters the way that it should have. I thought that it set things up. It, it, you got the, you, you got the, the Western, you got the sci-fi and you got it in, in basically two episodes. I thought it was fantastic. Right. Uh, so if you're going to make him change that, because it's too plotting and the audience isn't going to buy it. Why in God's name couldn't we have cool looking ships? I, well, we talked about this in the other one. They ran out of money. <laughs> ran out of money. <laughs> too much CGI going on. You know? They got the $5 left. That was it. No, yeah, I, it doesn't cost yeah. any more money to render a ship in a different design. You don't know. They might charge well, you by didn't the have window. To hi- well, you didn't have to hire a, an artist. You could had. You know, Bob from janitorial come up. And, <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you were going to build a ship, what would it look like? A mop bucket. I don't, really have, like, I don't have much of an imagination, so I'd imagine it looks something like, mm, I don't know, this. And yeah, pick up his mop bucket. And, Brilliant. I just think it's stupid. I If, if you're going to make him change it for that, why couldn't you have just been like, yeah, just do an Imperial Destroyer, but, you know, let's not get sued. Right. Yeah. I think that's the, the whole point there is don't want to get sued. I, I thought it was good. I thought it was, uh, again, function over form. You just don't like fun. You're a killjoy. I do like fun. That's a totally different show, dude. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. I mean, some of us, I, I agree that, that the Imperial cruiser is, is one of the coolest looking ships. I mean, the star destroyers are, Awesome looking ships. I really like the way they look. Um, yeah, we didn't even get think. a Death Star. We got the we got the Death Bucket. The Death Bucket. <laughs> Silly. 
but I, it works. It, 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 it really speaks to, um, the, the realism and the physics. I, I get it. I, I, I do. I understand it. I just, and the priorities that the Alliance puts on, on its technology. Okay. And, and that's all well and good. <laughs> I, I don't disagree that you can, that you can make these arguments, but again, if you're making him change the pilot episode to, to the train job and making him change all this stuff, why wouldn't you be like, okay, look, we need to make this a little more uh, flashy. Or maybe they did. And Joss was like, no, I want, I want a city and not a, a sports car. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I, it, it just doesn't make sense to me from a marketing slash executive standpoint. But then again, I'm not in marketing. And I'm not an executive. So what do I know? Yeah, what do you know? Not a lot. Okay, good. All right. Any other thoughts before we get into awards? Well, I you know, I had a few I had a few thoughts. Um so first off, uh that the booby trap in the uh episode three, mm-hmm. uh bushwhacked. Um, you know, the first time I saw that, I wasn't sure what that was. I thought they were introducing yeah, that was, like a, uh, a space alien thing attaching to the ship, you know? Yeah, that was uh, kind of curious, especially whenever and, she disarmed it. And it looked biomechanical because right. she like cut into it and it bled. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was a that was a little weird. Um, but then again, maybe they're trying to give the Reavers, uh, uh, you know, a sort of mystique about them um and and not really trying to show you exactly what they are yet Um, well i mean if the reavers are what they're alluding to why wouldn't they use organic material in their booby traps i mean they use organic material for everything else right right I just it, it looked a little weird. It looked more alive well, but, than anything else to me when it was attaching the way it was attaching. It wasn't like just a giant or you know like a clamp type deal. It looked like it was tendrils reaching out and grabbing it. Yeah, which seemed a little strange. Yeah, that that did look a little odd whenever I first saw it too. And really, the only thing that we know about the Reavers at this point is that they're radiation induced uh, murderous rapist cannibals that like you know terrorize the outer sector of of this of this galaxy well, and they're all system. buffalo bill they're all buffalo bill yeah oh yeah okay the from lotion on the skin yeah yeah and <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> for some reason i was thinking the actual buffalo bill because we're talking, we about, were talking westerns. about westerns yeah <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while to pivot back to silence of the lambs there um so, yeah, I mean the the Reavers are still a huge mystery, right? To and us, how how do the survivors turn into Reavers? I mean, is there some? I mean, obviously we're we're gonna figure that out eventually. Not trying to spoil anything, but you know, at this point in time, all you know is that he saw a Reaver and went crazy, and all of a sudden wants to be one of them. That right. doesn't make sense. Um. Uh, and then the other thing that I thought was a little off. But before you move okay. on, doesn't that give a doesn't that give you a clue? So it's not. So if they all went nuts because they saw the edge of the galaxy and there was nothing there, they saw the the vastness of the empty. Right. And this guy didn't see that. All he saw were the reavers. 
and then he goes insane. Doesn't that give you a clue? It's something. It, something else other than they got out to the edge of the galaxy and there was nothing there and now they're freaking right. out. Right. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think they call that foreshadowing. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, Look at like, you and your literary knowledge. Wow. Wow. Thanks. Um, and then the other thing that I didn't <laughs> I think, read a book once. Yay. What didn't, I thought was a little strange is, you know, they make this big old deal about Simon and, and River being super smart. So they get back into the ship after being outside group uh, comes in and their idea of hiding is to hide directly around the corner as opposed to scurrying off somewhere further down the ship. But if they scurry further off down the ship, isn't there the opportunity to be heard scurrying? Well, okay. So tiptoeing. I don't, yeah, I don't know what the still. layout of the ship is either. Right. I don't know if that corridor well, to their, I guess, whenever they were coming into the galley to their left would have hooked back around to where Mal and uh, Captain Melrose Place was coming in either. Yeah, I, I just, I thought it was strange that that they would just stop right where they're at. You know, obviously they had enough time to put, you know, they put their helmets down and they got out of, they got out of the galley but they didn't go very far, you know, and with the number of, with the number of military there, I don't think you would have heard them over the clunking of their boots and all, you know, the noise that they were kind of making. Maybe they wanted to hear what was being said. That's okay. And that was, Oh, and in case they got like, yeah, uh, in case they had to scurry, I will buy that. And it also didn't work with what happened later in the plot. So, there. Okay. It wasn't what was scripted. Okay. It's not what Joss wrote. It's not. It's not. Um, And then I had I had a couple quotes that I really I really enjoyed. Um, You know, I did like the whole. Now this is all the money that Niska gave us going through that spiel, and then kicking them into the into the uh, engine. Um, right. And then turning around and saying the exact same thing to the second guy. I thought right. that was quite clever. It's like, look, I'm going to give you the same spiel. Um, and then, I, I and I know James is going to love this. Uh, I laughed my ass off uh, when Jane said, do you know what the chain of command is? It's the chain I go and get and beat <laughs> yeah. you with until you understand who's, who's right in command. command. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like Jane that is, is my hero. Yeah, that's that actually my management so, style. It's 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 definitely <laughs> patterned after yeah. Jane. Mor- morale beatings will continue until morale increases. Right? That's exactly it. Yes. Yeah. So I I laughed at that. I was like, Man, that is just so him. Is just uh, I'm going to show you with violence. Yeah, that was that was a really funny part. Jane has his moments. He does, he does. have his moments. I mean, he, at first, it's you know he wants an ear, and now he just wants to beat you with a chain. He is definitely hey, a they psycho. Both work. I like Jane a lot. I can relate to Jane. That's what scares me. Do you beat <laughs> your kids with a chain? I don't. I don't. I don't think I even oh. own a chain. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you need to. You get guys one. have uh, You guys have awards. Uh, y- yes, a few. I've got eight of them. Well, let's do them. Are you going to do all eight? 
No, I'm not going to do all eight. I was told that I have to mix them together. Yes, it's it's just yeah. one award for for each episode. So but, one award there was for two this episodes. episode. No, just one oh. award for the combined episodes. <laughs> Wait, episode one and two. Okay, let me explain this to you to like you're a five year old. <laughs> all right, who's got your black lung award? Who's you? Me. Or James. anybody, uh, you James, know what, James? Uh, who's got your black lung award? God, uh, the uh, soldier that tripped the smoke uh, trap in uh, in the train job. Right. Yeah. So he was nice. coming through the door. They had set up a booby trap. Uh, he opened the door and then got a face full of smoke. Why didn't yeah, they lock the door? Because we needed a black lung award. Oh, <laughs> I don't think oh. those doors locked anyway. Well, they had a code. Um, they could have barricaded the door. They did with a smoke bomb. With Who's got your black lung award? <laughs> okay. Uh, mine went to just the miners in general. Uh, you know, they had some sort of lung illness. Um, and all I can think of is like when it got down, when, when the illness totally took you over, your lung has to be mush, you know, because it sounded like it was a respiratory type problem. Yeah. Except the, the, the uh, the infection was a degenerative bone disease. Mm-hmm. Yes, but they were hacking and coughing. Um, so I like to think that maybe that's how it starts, and then eventually it seeps into your bones. Okay, I, I, I'll yeah. I'll give you that. You, it's got to get into you at some point. That's true. That's what I'll, she said. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got your black lung award, Jason? My see, black I lung. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. So my oh. black lung award is going to go to the sheriff uh, from the tr- the the train job uh, because he pulled out a little cigarillo and lit it up. So he was the only one that I saw smoking out of these two episodes. So he gets my black lung. Well, that's a big departure from normal. Doc Coddle for you normally. Well, when somebody's not smoking or there's not some other way to finagle a black lung award, yeah. Doc Pottle gets the honorary black lung. It's tradition. It is. It is. And my head lush is going to go to Mal. So at the beginning of the train job episode, uh, he and Jane and Zoe are sitting at a bar playing uh, Chinese checkers. And... Somebody's giving a toast about the anniversary of the Alliance winning the War of Independence. And he decides, I need another drink just so he can go up there and, and start a fight. So uh, his his alcohol fueled bar fight is is getting my head lash. Yeah, but technically he didn't start the fight. He went up what? there. It with the intention of getting yeah, into a fight. He, yeah, he didn't throw the first punch. You're right. He left that to his lieutenant. And she didn't even throw a punch. She threw the no, butt she, of her rifle. Yeah, she smacked the shit out of him with the rifle. <laughs> God. All right, James, um, who's got your black or your head lush? Uh, the dude who made the toast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't toasty. know. I, yeah. Yeah, that, that was mine was a uh, drunk, drunk dude. Uh, unification day, you know, praising unification day, you know, it was, um, you know, yeah, Mal was drinking, but this guy had been drinking for at least since noon. He was celebrating. Yeah. He was, he was three sheets to the wind. 
it was like I'm guessing Unification Day out, out in the verse is like St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. Or Mardi Gras. Or, or Mardi Gras, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, who's got your player award, Rob? Um, my player award is going to go to, uh, well, for these episodes, it's going to go honorary and Nara. Honorary? Yeah. I mean, how's that honorary? Well, it's not. Honor, I'm sorry. Our honorary player is 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 Anara all the time because I didn't see anything. Uh, so. mine's mine's Anara because she basically said that Mal was her indentured man, and she's gonna get Mal no matter what. Yes, that is. You think that is exactly who mine is for the exact same reasons. Okay. <laughs> Indentured man. Yeah, she, never, yeah. So when she so when think, she go when she went to the sheriff's office to pick them right. up, she basically said, think, "He's my indentured servant. He's my man toy. He's my man and toy. And he's still so, got three years on his contract. So yeah, and so you know you she think, wants him. Yeah, right. And but do you think his uh, his normal uniform is a uh, some leather and ball gag, or? I don't want to think about. Why would you make me think about that? Because <laughs> that's what I do. But I don't. But why? <laughs> and now you will never get the image of Nathan Fillion in leather and a ball gag out of your head. <laughs> oh nope. my god! No, I, I want oh, Jane to have an but, ear instead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is a western. Assless chaps in a ball gag. <laughs> Acceptable. Aren't done and done. all chaps assless? <laughs> they are. are they? Aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, they're pants. Okay, but it's not nearly as fun to say assless pants. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Who says assless pants? It's assless chaps. That's fun. Yeah. Or you just say chaps. Why? No, just, but it's not fun to say chaps. It's more fun yeah. to say. I don't understand why this is hard. All of this, you have made this all hard. Like you're like, hey, ball gag and leather. Nathan Fillion is, that's, that's what he goes to. I'm, I'm sorry. And then you're like, that's just pants or chaps. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you, I mean, make it I hard. Mean, because when you when you say just oh man oh uh, you know I said it and I was hoping nobody would pick up on it and Rob didn't but you I, I was did. getting there I was getting there I was you can't tee them up like that I I'll, oh, yeah sometimes man. I gotta throw softballs see see who hits yes it. everybody has to have a softball from time to time all right so that my purple hippo said. is yeah. gonna go to Jane for uh, the episode of Bushwhacked where he got drugged by the doctor um, because, or no, 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 this was train job. job. This was train train job, job. you're right. So he got drugged by the doctor um, because he wanted to be in command, and the doctor didn't really want him in command. So he gave gave Jane some happy juice, and Jane was (laughs) drooling out the side of his head for pretty much the half, half the episode. Face planted into the deck. Hey, but he was a he was able to shoot. Yeah, he was still able to shoot somebody while. But I think he was aiming for the ear. <laughs> he wanted that ear. <laughs> he wants that ear. Yeah. All right, James, who's got yours? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Uh, can I give it to the guy who got hit in the head with the butt of the rifle? Yeah, because that's going to be the same effect that that Jane got with those drugs. Oh, easily. So yeah, I give it to that dude. Did he even make it out to uh, for the bar fight? I don't recall seeing him. Yeah, I want to say he was one of the first people outside. Oh no, he did. No, 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 no. Um, he was there at the very end. He came running through the crowd to shoot the guy. Right to shoot Mal. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I don't know. Well, who's got yours, Rob? Um, you know, Bushwhacked isn't getting enough uh, loving today, so I'm going to go ahead and say uh, the survivor from the derelict ship um, because he went fucking nuts. So something had to been going on in his head. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He, I mean, that's a good. You make a a good point there. Like Bushwhack didn't get a whole lot of awards today, but that wasn't the bottle episode. So yeah. which one was the more fun episode, the train job or Bushwhacked? I would I say like the, the more dog. fun episode was the train job. You're right, but Bushwhacked was still a, a good episode, and I think it I think it moved the ball. Yeah, I, I I agree with what with what you're saying. Uh I think but I think, you know, when you have a bottle episode that's that much fun, like you've got a really great and again, this is all they had to change it. Last minute. So mm-hmm. imagine if if they didn't have to change all of this, how great it would have been uh, you know, above and beyond what it is now. Right. So, you know, this again, I can't say it enough. This is my favorite television show of all time. Well, any final thoughts before we head out? This is my favorite television show <laughs> of all time. It is an excellent television <laughs> show. I'll give you that. Um, Anar is hot. Anar yes. is hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't get to. Oh wait, no, we did. She actually took clothes off this time, didn't she? Or was that in the first one? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> all right thanks some, for joining us this week our back. intro and outro music is welcome home by cambo prod crawl music is snack fix my machete if you like the show please rate and review us on itunes you can leave us feedback on our discord channel at eargluemedia.com slash discord on twitter at status underscore podcast or you can email us at smoking and drinking in space at outlook.com be sure to check out all the excellent podcasts at eargluemedia.com and like always this goes without saying But the poorly thought out and sometimes questionable opinions expressed on this show are ours and might not be shared by Earglue Media or anyone else with a working brain. I'm Jason. Um, I am not racist. I think she did take her clothes off. She did. And we'll talk to you next week.